2: Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and as ever when we talk about European football I am joined by Aaron as we prepare for match day four of UCL Fantasy and bearing in mind the absolutely dreadful game week many of us have had in Fantasy Premier League, it could be just the perfect time to sink our teeth into fantasy football of a different kind. What do you think Aaron? Man, that FPL week was something, wasn't it? Um Yes,
0: I'm quite excited for this one, but to be honest, the way that a lot of people feel about how their chips have went in Champions League, Champions League isn't going any better with the rotation <laughs> and injuries, so um, fantasy football is definitely a roller coaster of emotions,
2: isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we've been blessed in many ways. I've been thinking that a lot of the fantasy games have been kind of ticking along quite nicely, and and I probably jinxed it at some point when I said that on a podcast maybe two weeks ago so you can all blame me it's all my fault for thinking that things were going okay because yeah it has been a difficult time uh, of late Uh, but with UCL Fantasy we've got uh, three game weeks left we're now into the sort of um, home stretch for some teams of course because uh, some of them are probably going to qualify in match day five for example Um, we get to see them play against uh, a team they've already faced Um, and so yeah it's, it's the business end of the group stage coming up isn't it?
0: Yeah, this is where a lot of people's ranks are kind of determined. Um, I think that for a lot of people, if they finish the group stage strong, they can kind of just uh, ride that momentum into the knockouts, have very similar teams. Obviously, the teams kind of mould more and more to the same team by the time it gets to the final. So this is the the make or break. A lot of – it's normally – Match day five or six, but I think last year was match day four when everybody had a really poor score. So it just depends on when all these managers choose to rotate. And with some of these fixtures, there could be uh, some dangers of that.
2: Yeah, that's certainly on uh, on people's minds. And we're going to have a look at those fixtures in a minute and uh, once again we'll have a look at uh, Louis' fantastic season ticket that shows us uh, not just who's got the best fixtures in match day four but uh, who can offer that in combination with good fixtures uh, in five and six as well. And as you mentioned, yeah, it could be a time where ranks are determined so now is of course a fantastic time to consume as much UCL fantasy content as you can to prepare yourself for the upcoming match days. Uh, obviously, you've done the right thing by watching this video or listening to this podcast but also on uh, Fantasy Football Community, one of our partners they do the fantasy ucl pod and you can follow them on x at Fantasy ucl pod uh, or uh ucl fantasy pod uh on uh any of the podcast platforms that you um subscribe to so yeah check those guys out as well um aaron of course is, is good friends with dan they got a podcast of their own so make sure you check that one out as well do you want to just tell us uh, how people can find that one Aaron? because it's important right now
0: <laughs> yeah so that one is a uh, main event uh, the champions league fantasy podcast and uh, a bit confusing. Our uh, our X account is UCL Fantasy Pod, so <laughs> it's uh, the other way around. So depending on what way you, you type that in, you're going to find one of us. So, um, but yeah, that's on YouTube. It's also on all the podcast platforms. So give it a give it a little cheeky follow and subscribe.
2: Yeah basically Fantasy UCL Pod and UCL Fantasy Pod on both ways around and each time you'll get a different really helpful podcast with a continuity of guests which I think is is useful um <laughs> right now um and yeah speaking of things being useful right now do you want to talk us through uh how your team got on in match day 3 um I I I don't pay as much attention to Champions League football as, as I used to back in the day I'm a Reading fan I'm just going to clarify that once again I'm not some sort of you know turtle savage who's not interested in the, in the world's biggest club football competition uh it's more along the lines of the main thing i spotted was uh jimenez uh going big after you tipped him as a bit of a differential so i kind of assumed yeah. you'd had a pretty good game week um you'll have to let me know if the rest of the team was able to match his heroics
0: so jimenez was my shout and, um i i was really uh really excited for that and he could have had a hat trick but it was dis- one of his goals was disallowed um so yeah he he re- did really well a lot of people didn't have him he was 1% owned because uh, he was an injury risk and I just I chanced it and so I managed to get him in um my strikers did all really well and it just gets progressively worse as you go <laughs> towards the goalkeeper sorry top head um yeah um Bellingham again, just being just rock solid. Uh, Harry Kane providing the goods. Haaland with the two goals. A lot of people went without Haaland. And so, kind of from what I've seen in the mini leagues that I'm in, uh, it was a big red arrow. Uh, I'm in and around the same rank. Um, But a lot of people had better weeks with their wild card. Um, And Unfortunately, I substituted out Bastonian Dumfries for their two points each for two zero pointers. So that is uh this that's the level of my management. <laughs> Henriks getting substituted off in the 59th minute, uh could have got a clean sheet, um, which is annoying because his full back partner got 13 points. Um, so that was a massive swing because you could choose. People have one of them. So if you got Henrix you got zero. If you chose round, you got 13. So that was a kick in the teeth. And as Blaquetta didn't play at all against Celtic, but I guess that's a good thing because Celtic
2: did really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, quibbling over a couple of points on your bench there, which might seem silly, but actually, no, it's not. Because we all know what that feels like in FPL this week, especially. Um some people are very, very pleased to get one point off the bench um, at this rate. So, yeah, it can make absolutely all the difference uh, for sure. And it's really annoying when you go for the, you have a 50-50 and then you end up going for what it turns up being the wrong one. But you wouldn't know that until, you know, after the game. It's very, very frustrating. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously Wild Cards were quite active in the most recent game week. I mean, do you still feel like you played it at the right time? Do you feel like your team is set up for the final few game weeks? Um, you know, what's the, what's the longer term view with the players and how they perform so far?
0: Uh, I know from the people who also play the game that were who played their wild card in uh, match day two that they are taking hits this week and I'm able to get by with two transfers before the rotation definitely starts in match day five onwards so yeah I feel like it's in a good place and I can start to get out the players who aren't as competitive anymore um or who are maybe suffering with injuries or have. Um, tough league fixtures coming up and um, Man City I think is a big one which is why I only have Haaland in my team but um, with their Premier League fixtures coming up and Haaland's potential injury from the weekend he's definitely someone who I guess people who went without him are grateful for but it opens up the potential to have really different squads in terms of the fact that Haaland the second most owned player and Bellingham the most owned player are suffering with injuries this week so i think this
2: is going to be a massive swing in rank in match day 4 hmm. yeah i mean as much as i never wish injuries on anybody whenever there is injuries to highly owned players in fantasy games it is always a bit of a you know a window of opportunity a fork in the road for those more opportunistic managers or perhaps more um, pragmatic managers to to use that as an opportunity to get a leg up on other people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I you read my mind. I was That was my next question, was Harland and Bellingham. Obviously heard some things on the, on the injury front for them. Uh, probably opens up some opportunities. I mean, are there some people you're considering for? We're going to have a look at your Match Day 4 team a bit later in the show. But I mean, are there sort of like really obvious um, step-downs from Haaland to another striker or Bellingham to another midfielder that are sort of being talked about? Or is there quite a spread of options? Or, you know, you could even spread the cash, I suppose.
0: The I think Haaland, with him being the most expensive forward alongside Mbappe, you can get anybody into that. that. Uh, and that could free up funds, depending on who you go for. With Bellingham, I'm a bit more hesitant to get rid of um Because it it hasn't been ruled out yet. Um, I would definitely keep an eye out on that because Real Madrid, thankfully, Ancelotti doesn't play around with uh, rumours and whether this person might or won't play. He releases his Champions League squad like midday on a Tuesday um, during his press conference, actually. So we'll know on his press conference who the squad is and we'll know if Bellingham's there. But even then, I'm probably just going to want him straight back in um for match day five onwards. Um and, and Real Madrid's group might not be sewn up completely by then. So but with Man City, uh I would definitely I'm hundred percent getting rid of Holland this week because if they win this week, uh they just need a point against Leipzig to go through. And that's it. I think that is in Manchester. So with their league fixtures, they literally play all of the top four um, or like big teams uh, in the next few weeks. And so they're not going to risk Haaland in Champions League, even though he doesn't do much. He's We've said a ton of times that Haaland might be a rotation risk, and he never is. But the fact that he's actually injured now, he, he could play Alvarez there or even we've seen like the explosiveness of Doku and, and other players like that. So Haaland is 100% coming out of my team
2: uh, this match day. Yeah, very decisive there. I mean, as you say, you can get whoever you want, really, as a replacement. So, yeah, and uh, as we all say, uh, UCL Fantasy is is more of a short-term gains match. It's a a sprint, whereas FPL is the marathon. So, yeah, it definitely requires different thought processes in those transfers. And, yeah, very exciting for those who like to play an aggressive game.
0: Well, yeah, putting it in perspective, like FPL, um, I'm not even sure what game week we're on now, but uh, we're game week 11, so we're coming to a game week 12, this would be the last semi-final of the Champions League, so if you look at your rank and how much points can swing your rank at this moment in time, we're only three game weeks in, if you look at it from an FPL perspective. um. And so if this was, champ- like, if FPL was Champions League, we would only have the final left after this ma- uh, match day. So that shows that, that that's why I was kind of gutted about the four points on the bench. And it's why you don't want to take hits because yeah. it has a massive swing um, in such a short-term uh, game. So, um, yeah, you don't want to kind of, it's not like you want to have Haaland on your bench to, to come back, like, Thankfully, the players don't drop in price the same way that they do in FPL, so we don't have to worry too much about that, but
2: um, I digress. No, no, no. Comparisons between the two games are always, I always find them very fascinating because they are very, very different, and as you've uh, illustrated um, there. So let's move on to the match day four fixtures now um, to yeah, have a look at what those decisions are really going to look like in, in match day four. How can we best capitalize uh, on some of the fixture opportunities? Now, as we've already mentioned, this is the reverse of the match day three fixtures, um, which perhaps in some respects means more of the same. In others, it might mean lessons learned. And I suppose no uh, lessons were learned perhaps more keenly. Uh, than for Newcastle. Um, Last time out against Dortmund um, wasn't necessarily an awful performance but perhaps um, uh, bringing you back down to earth and reminding you the Champions League is is, is a ruthless competition rather than um, constantly filled with fairy tales and lots of injuries now as well. So that's the first game, uh, 17.45 UK time uh, on Tuesday, Dortmund hosting Newcastle and we'll just pause uh, on this game to start with Um, because of course being a Newcastle fan you've probably got lots of thoughts about this one and you've got Gordon in your team as well.
0: Yeah, um, the fact that Gordon has been playing up front um, is going to stay in my team. A lot of people are shipping out the Newcastle players, which I don't blame them. Um, a couple of people had Trippier, or they might have uh, Shaw or Burn or someone like that. There's a lot of injuries away at Dortmund. I don't see Newcastle keeping any clean sheets um, for the remainder, potentially against AC Milan because they're going through their little dip at the moment, which they went through the same type of dip this time last year as well, um, so Dortmund really did their homework against us. The atmosphere was not up to St James's Park standards. Uh, I've heard that from like everyone who was there, and I, I think a large part of that is because of how good the Dortmund fans up were and their drum, which is just getting talked about amongst like Newcastle fans. The drum that Dortmund brought was in time with all the Newcastle chants. So it made all the Newcastle chants sound like Dortmund chants, which is just genius. Um, so Dortmund, if they were able to create an atmosphere like that in St. James's Park, like it's not going to be pretty for when we actually go to Germany. Um, with all of our injuries, I think I've read that we only have 13 first um, team players actually fit to make the travel, and there's going to be academy players and under-21 players on the bench that is, is not pretty. And I think if you put any other team in that situation, you're going to back the other team. Hmm. But then again, Dortmund are a team where once you back them, they are the ultimate trolls. <laughs> and uh, you, just, you don't know what Dortmund are going to turn up. So they could be the amazing ones that turned up against Newcastle, or they could be the ones that turned up against Bayern Munich on the weekend. And uh, yeah. We don't know which ones are going to turn up, but it's not going to be pretty for Newcastle. And I think a draw is the absolute best result we can get from this match.
2: Mm. Yeah, just the list of those players who are red flagged in FPL at the moment. Anyway, we've got Burn, Botman, Target, Mankio, uh, both, uh, sorry, no, uh the other Murphy, Alex Murphy, <laughs> probably you know probably wasn't going to be involved anyway. But we got uh, we got Bruno Gimora, she's suspended in FPL, so he'll be back. So he's one person who isn't going to isn't going to have the same uh, uh, negative effects on the Premier League. But certainly hasn't you know um, necessarily been in the Premier League plans, which is a bit annoying. Uh, you got uh, Anderson's injured, uh, Tonali, of course, suspended for some time. You got Barnes out; he's been out for a while. Isak's also. Out. I mean, the injury list is really really. Really quite scary for you. Um, But I suppose it does have the advantage for Gordon. It does mean that he has more of an opportunity to play up front. So um, obviously you've done a very good job of tempering expectations there, but um, no reason to sell Gordon, as you mentioned.
0: I think just for a 5.5, you're basically bringing in a defensive midfielder for around that price or potentially some of the attacking players uh, from Barcelona or um, potentially Real Sociedad. But I think a lot of them would already have and they're probably going to get their minutes managed anyways thankfully we'll be able to see the barcelona starting lineup so if you do want to get rid of gordon um, you could go there but i think there's other injuries in midfield and defense that people i don't think there's going to be many people playing chips and i wouldn't recommend taking a hit uh, especially because it's such a short game and that hit is massive and you're basically hoping for that person to get more than, i think it's more than seven points for your punt to be returned Um, it's not like all oh, right i can spread that minus four over the next few weeks it, it's it's too short of a game for that so they need to get more than seven points in that week to for that to kind of pay off so um yeah i think that's uh there's other fires to put out and i don't see as many chips getting played so Gordon, if you do have them, I would definitely keep them, but potentially ship out some of the defenders
2: for like a Real Sociedad defender or potentially a Barcelona defender well speaking of Barcelona there of course as you say the other 5.45 game so they travel to Shakhtar Donetsk Atletico Madrid hosts Celtic in the uh, alphabetically first of the 8pm so then we got Lazio versus uh, Feyenoord Milan versus Paris uh, Man City hosting Young Boys uh, Red Star Bargrade hosts host Leipzig and FC Porto are hosting Antwerp so they're the other games on Tuesday um, obviously already touched on Barcelona there uh, and we kind of also a little bit discussed the Man City against Young Boys game um, which which fixtures um, really stick out for you here? Maybe the same answer you gave for match day three or might be completely different. Maybe some teams um, surprised us with how they got into match day three and tempered expectations for match day four.
0: I think Man City are going to heavily rotate. Um, and so I, I think that's definitely going to be an interesting fixture, but it's going to be hard to predict from a fantasy perspective. Hopefully we can get some insights closer to the deadline. Yeah. Um, It'd be great if this was the early kick off and we could see their lineup. Um, I think they're the early kick off. Actually, no, they're not. I think it's not until the match day six. But um, I think players like Grealish. I think Rico Lewis. I think he'll play, and he got Player of the Match last time. Um, and I think it's just seeing who didn't play on the weekend. I think that's ultimately how we judge Man City lineups. But in terms of other fixtures. Leipzig against Red Star Belgrade. I think that's an interesting fixture as well because Leipzig played really well and we have a lot of their assets. Rom played great. Henriks played great. Uh, well, other than, from an actually in-person perspective, not from the zero-pointer that he got. Um, but also, Simons played really well. Up-hender, uh in the league has scored back-to-back braces. So he might be a shout-for-striker. Um, but Atletico Madrid against Celtic, Celtic were always going to make that match hard in Scotland. Uh, and they always, they've always they got some famous victories over the years, but Morata is in fantastic form. And I think uh, Morata is a great shout for someone who's looking to go maybe a Haaland down to a, a cheaper player to save some money, maybe get another premium midfield. And then obviously you've got Mbappé. The thing about the group of death is that because they play on the Tuesday, both days, that also the chance, at both match day four and match day five, is that they're going to feel the strongest eleven in all of these match days. So people might have avoided them earlier in the group stage because it's so unpredictable. But now it starts to flip, where we'll know that they need to... They they need to play their strongest eleven in all of these games, so they actually become safe options despite the result being a bit unpredictable. Um, but with Newcastle's injuries, Paris Saint Germain might and AC Milan going through their lull, Paris Saint Germain might be a team who invest in for the remainder of the group stage.
2: Yeah definitely worth having a look uh, at them uh, for sure and yeah you're right like factoring in what day these teams play on uh, is very very useful because of course with the Tuesday game you're going to have a little bit more rest uh, ahead of your next league fixture Um, not the same for the Wednesday uh, group though uh, where we have Napoli facing Union Berlin we've got Real Sociedad against Benfica Bayern Munich against Galatasaray Man United travel to Copenhagen Arsenal host Sevilla PSV versus Lons Real Madrid against Braga and Salzburg versus Inter Milan are the Wednesday Fixtures. Uh, what stands out for you uh, from these?
0: Uh, Napoli did a really
2: good performance against
0: Union Berlin. Union Berlin are not, do perform the same level as they did um, last season. And that was kind of expected. It's a similar story to Newcastle where they've not been in the Champions League. Newcastle have been before, but Union Berlin, this is their first ever time. So even just getting here was a great achievement. And I think they're feeling the effects of that now because of the lack of investment. They didn't have the same funds available that Newcastle have. So they're starting to feel that now. So Napoli at home is a great shout. Um, Di Lorenzo got a great amount of points last game, and that was away. He was very close to getting player of the match, but Craviskelia got that instead. So I think but Di Lorenzo is a great shout for anyone that needs to downgrade any defenders. Because he's still five point five, and you a price rise, um, just not, not in terms of a good way, but avoid this fixture: Salzburg versus Inter. Inter have rotated their start on eleven every match day so far in the Champions League. Um, we may have like I've got triple Inter, and that is a big concern for me. They're not going to play their strongest eleven because they're focusing so much on the league. Because they believe they can qualify with their B team. So we've already received uh, a lot of rumors that Alexis Sanchez is going to be the striker, that Martinez or Turam will be rested. It's just too much of a gamble, especially on the Wednesday, to play any of these inter players. So I would look, unless we receive like any sort of hints, you just look to ship out your inter players if you're able to afford with your transfers. Don't bother taking a hit because the inter defender can still get four points. Uh, due to ball recoveries, but um, I, it's not worth an inter um taking a hit for an inter player. By Munich, they could tie up qualification this match day if they win, uh, just due to their head-to-head with Man United. Um, so that's also I. I think it's not necessarily the tied up qualification, but they would have to lose by like a ridiculous amount of goals to not qualify. I think they would only have to lose to Man United by three goals or something like that in order to not finish in first place. But they will be guaranteed top two if they win against Galatasaray. Uh, Arsenal against Sevilla is an interesting match because of the Odegaard injury. Uh, how do Arsenal play without him against Sevilla? Who, they're a tough team. So... Sat but Saka is a great option. I, I still believe that he, he's such a good player that he's a good option. But Real Madrid against Braga, I think, is the one that we probably look to invest in. Even with Bellingham's injury, you could go Haaland to Vinicius Jr. Um but you could look to get a few Real Madrid assets in just due to this match being really good and them um,
2: having a safe floor. Hmm. Yeah, certainly uh Real Madrid don't necessarily Rely entirely on Bellingham, unless, of course, it's an El Clasico at the new camp um where he obviously did the work um but yeah it's a good fixture all the same uh for them uh, definitely and what i'll put on the screen now is the season ticket at large which uh, has still has uh, all six game weeks on so we can sort of have a look at how teams have progressed through that from what you've told me about match day four uh, which teams in particular stand out as potential investments now that would continue to offer value in match day five and six because we've kind of already touched on this already um we're moving towards the business end of the group stage and we might see some rotation from some teams it might come down to which teams have much, uh, quite a lot to play for perhaps um, or maybe even teams that get to face a Bayern Munich in match day six I mean that could end up actually being an advantage I mean what sort of dynamics are at play here in terms of assessing um, long term fixture value which seems like a weird thing to say when it's only three game weeks but in the Champions League of course that is quite some time so yeah what's the, what's the latest on, on this? So you want to look at teams that
0: are round about Uh, like either close where anyone could finish anywhere so the group of death is a great example of that also Nord's group with Atletico Madrid um, and Lazio that's a really close group so they're probably going to have to go all the way to match with six it's the teams that have walked through the group that you kind of want to look to ship out of your team or look to get some of their lesser known players uh where they'll have to still perform really well. So if you're able to successfully predict the Man City lineup, that's going to be great. Some other people they don't like the risk. Um, Real Sociedad will be a good group as well with Benfica um, and Inter. Just knowing that Inter are not going to play a full strength team, Real Sociedad are currently top. That's a great group as well. Um, the with Bayern Munich. I mean, I would never say facing them at any time is easy, but it's similar to a Man City where if you can predict some of the lineups, then that's going to work out really well for you. I think the biggest question with Bayern Munich will be Harry Kane and how much minutes does he get in the Champions League past this point. Um, But Bayern Munich haven't lost a group stage game and something ridiculous, like over 30 games consecutive and um, they've not lost a group stage match. So they'll want to keep that streak alive. But hopefully that answers your question. Either a tight group or a team that still has it all to play for. You kind of also want to be looking for the league fixtures. So, for example, Man City. They play at Chelsea, then Liverpool, then home to Leipzig, then Tottenham. And then it goes into the December Russia fixtures. So their match day is six. Against Red Star Belgrade, that I think that's going to be rotation city before they go to the world, the Club World Cup. So, Man City. I've said it so many times, but look, try to get them out, out of your team. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of uh, teams then, let's have a look uh, at yours and how it's shaping up for match day four. Uh, as you mentioned, Haaland out uh, to Vinicius Junior is uh, the one you've got currently in your team and you've got uh, Bellingham, uh, not, no, sorry, not Bellingham. Um, you've got Simons in midfield. Who have you sold uh, to get him in? Um,
0: yes. So I got rid of um, Galino. So uh, I didn't mention Porto earlier, but uh, they've got a few injuries. So Galino's one of them. He has he's not been officially ruled out according to the sites, but he is injured. Um and according to a few like Portuguese League experts, um they they say that they don't actually like him in the team. They feel like it's almost like a Ronaldo at Man United effect, where he makes the team worse because of his style of play. So he even though his heroics in match day one, he might not be getting played. So I've shipped him out. Um, which is annoying because he was a 50-50 decision between him and Simons. And Simons ended up getting an unbelievable score um, in that match day three. I think you got 13 points. So it's them 50-50 decisions, isn't it, that end up coming to bite you in fantasy football? But, yeah, so Haaland out, Galino out for Vinicius Jr. Uh, and Simons, but Simons could be anybody because obviously I've got no point 0.9. Um, sorry, I've got um 1.2 in the
2: bank. Nice. Yeah, those there's, um, there's 50-50s, man. They're always coming back to buy you. And the thing is, you've talked about c ones a lot on, on these videos as well. So it's even more annoying Still when like- you predict that they'll do well and then they do exactly what you thought they would but you don't own them. It's uh, very annoying Um, indeed. What about your captaincy plans and your substitution plans for the match day as well? I mean, obviously, they're going to be based around um, the Tuesday games, Wednesday games. Uh, Who are you giving an opportunity on Tuesday? Who are you um, going to be using as backup uh, on Wednesday for both substitutions and captaincy?
0: Yeah, so um, with the Tuesday games, you have an opportunity to go really differential because there isn't a standout captain. So, um, me and Dan, we always said that captaining a fullback on the first day is a great shout because their ceiling for points is so high. So, Cancelo, I think, is a great shout um, because he has the potential for ball recoveries, clean sheet, and attacking returns, which we know Cancelo can get. Um, so, I think that that's a, a great shout if we know that he's in the starting 11. Thankfully, we'll get that as well. So, you know that your captain is definitely playing when we see the lineup. Um, And then, other than that, it's really kind of wide open. You could go Murata against Celtic, uh, which is I think that's a really good shout. I could go Jimenez against Lazio because of his great uh, performance last time, even though he's not scored since, and he missed a penalty on the weekend. Um, Mbappe, I guess, is a shout as well against a struggling AC Milan. Um, But yeah, I think it's kind of just them options, to be honest. I think it's a massive gamble. You could try and chance it with a Man City player, knowing that you're going to just switch captain the next day. So if we hear that, like, for example, if we have Foden as starting, that could be a great shout. Um, But this is the opportunity to really punt, knowing that we have safe captains on the Wednesday that we can change our captain to.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so I see you've got the armband currently on Harry Kane uh, for the Galatasaray game on Wednesday. Is he the standout um, alternative in a world where Bellingham is... Uh, kind of unlikely to play against Spraga, from what we understand.
0: Yeah, for me, it's either going to be Kane or Vinicius Junior. I think it's going to depend on how the Tuesday goes, uh, and then how brave I'm feeling at the time. Because the issue with this game is, once the starting eleven get released, it's just panic central. Like all your logical thinking goes out the window, <laughs> uh, and then that's what happened when I was finalising my wild card. Um, I was like, like all these players and all the arguments. For each player, just they get muddled up, and you're just panicking because the starting eleven has happened. But with in terms of the Wednesday, if I don't panic <laughs> or make like a silly Tuesday transfer, um, Harry Kane will be the captain. If I just need to secure the amount of points that I've got, like if my Tuesdays went well, um, then Harry Kane will be my captain uh, and go with the consensus. As long as my captain on the Tuesday didn't do unbelievable. If I need to try and climb rank and I need to try and do and make up for the Tuesday, Vinicius Jr. will be my captain.
2: Okay. Yeah. And that's that's handy that you can sort of have it as a bit of a utility decision. You could go one way or the other depending on how Tuesday goes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very useful. And and as I always say, interesting, perhaps, to FPL managers who want something more hands-on. Although, as Aaron has just described, knowing who's in the team before the deadline, um, well, let that be a lesson to those of you who want the FPL deadline to be, uh, like, kickoff. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's not...
0: Yeah, it's, it, you're, gonna, you're just going to panic. It's, <laughs> it's not nice.
2: It's a poison chalice, all that information, you know, you'd rather, you know. I'd rather not know. I'd rather make my decisions in a void than make them, with chaos swirling around me and things that I think I know. But maybe don't know uh, from a team sheet. So, yeah. Uh, Well, fingers crossed, uh, the early deadline isn't going to leave you panicking this time around, although you've only got two transfers to make. So, probably uh, only two decisions it's going to affect rather than, you know, 15 um but yeah of course uh yeah that deadline is tonight of course um and uh, yeah match day four will be kicking off very very soon and so uh before we go just a quick reminder to if you've not already checked out the fantasy ucl pod or the ucl fantasy pod which are actually two completely different uh, titles there um make sure you go and subscribe uh to those on your chosen platforms and yeah give them a lesson over lunch in the afternoon and make sure you check them out before that match day for a Deadline. And of course, if you found this video useful, uh, don't forget to uh, uh, like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Hit that bell notification. We have uh, one of these videos out for every uh, UCL Fantasy Match Day deadline. And of course, if you found us through that and you haven't really seen us with our FPL content, which I'm going to suggest is unlikely because we're sort of a little bit more well known for Fantasy Premier League. But if you didn't already uh, sort of know about us or, um, you know, perhaps you've watched a couple of videos, but you haven't subscribed to the channel, then make sure you do that. It's a great way to support us. Uh, it's free, of course, and it means that you will not miss any content as and when there are new game weeks, either in FPL or UCL Fantasy. So yeah, uh, hit that bell notification as well to get notifications of those videos. Um, that's everything I need to uh, pass on to the viewers and the listeners. Aaron, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, before we uh, let them go off to their match day four prep?
0: Um, no, just if you are making transfers, even though the ones on the screen that I've just done are both Wednesday fixtures, it is good to look at the split of Tuesday Wednesday Um, just one last tip that I just remembered so make sure you've got a
2: good balance and you're not left with too many Wednesday players yeah balance Uh, perfectly balanced as all things should be uh, is what an FPL team and a UCL fantasy team should look like so yeah do bear that in mind but with that we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your prep for the next match day uh, deadline and we shall see you next time goodbye